Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Offside Musings podcast. My name is Oke Ndibe. I'm delighted to welcome you on behalf of my co-host, Emeka Onyagwa. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at a town hall event that happened over last weekend and organized by the Center for Democracy and Development in collaboration with our Rise Television. This town hall was supposed to feature the major presidential candidates in Nigeria's forthcoming 2023 elections. Unfortunately, two of the major political candidates kept away. These were Bola Tinubu of the APC and Atiku Abubakar of the PDP. Whilst Atiku Abubakar sent a representative, Bola Tinubu's campaign simply did not send anybody. And so in this episode, we're going to x-ray this development and look at some of the case by the political candidates at the town hall. So it's a delight to welcome you. So, yep. first of all, they, what I call the snafu. Um, <clears throat> that you and I have always said that it was imperative that the major political candidates seeking <clears throat> Nigeria's presidency should get together and hold a series of debates <clears throat> to, as it were, curate before Nigerians, unfold before Nigerians, their understanding of the problems in the country and to offer to a Nigerian audience uh, their set of solutions to those problems. This town hall forum um, that held over the weekend was expected to serve that end. Um, unfortunately, um, Atiku Abubakar, uh, the presidential candidate of the People's Democratic Party, uh, was absent. Um, his vice presidential uh, partner, um, Ifan Yokoa, who is the governor of Delta State, explained that uh, that uh, Atiku was abroad and had explained his absence and had been excused by the event organizers. Um, so that's one issue. Um, and I would suggest that this is not good enough. That um, I would imagine that the organizers had put, given enough notice to all the presidential candidates to show up. And I don't think that there is anything more important than meeting with your um, content, fellow contenders to, as it were, make a pitch to Nigerians as to what uh, you propose to do if Nigerians would then trust you with political power. So it's really unfortunate, it's unpersuasive that somehow Atiku uh, found a foreign um, assignment, a foreign event to do to keep him out of this town hall. But at least his absence was somewhat mitigated by the fact that at least his VP uh, candidate was there. And I also have to say, um, that Mr. Koa uh, did give a good account of himself in the debate or in the conversation. But far more egregious and unforgivable was the absence, absolute absence, of the APC candidates, but the presidential candidate as well as his vice presidential candidate. Of course, this was a forum for 
the presidential candidates. Both Tinubu and Kashim Shetima, um, his running mate, were no-shows. In a statement issued by Festus Kayamo, their spokesman, the campaign basically said that they would prefer to speak directly to Nigerians in events that they themselves are going to curate. So they have apparently no interest in sharing a forum with other candidates, in answering questions, both from campaign organizers as well as Nigerians, on what they plan to do um, if, if given political power. So I think that that position, which they justify by saying, oh, you know, that there are a bunch of television stations that sought to host the candidates and that they didn't want to favor one television channel over another so that the best answer then was to stay away, is so lame and so arrogant, ultimately. Um, and bespeaks um, perhaps a perception, self-perception on the part of these candidates, the APC candidates, that maybe they don't have a message that will resonate uh, with Nigerians, especially a message that they are able to advance in a forum where the other candidates are present to... Uh, their credit, um, uh, Rabiu Kwankwazo um, did show up, which was, you know, um, very uh, um, commendable. So Rabiu Kwankwazo um, is sort of one of the uh, one of the candidates that are sometimes underrated in this uh, presidential race. But, you know, I expect him um, to be a factor. Uh, in fact, in speaking to um, some political analysts uh, just recently, there was a suggestion that ultimately Rabiu Kwankwazoku is the president, I mean, who is the presidential candidate of the new Nigeria People's Party. Um is likely to sort of leave the stage at some point and endorse uh, one of the political candidates. And the suggestion by this person is that that's going to be, uh, if Kwam if Kwazo decides to do that, that that's going to be something that will be um, maybe decisive, or not decisive, but will be a, a serious factor in determining the disposition of next year's election. Anyway, so these are sort of my opening thoughts. A profound disappointment in the Tinubu campaign. The Tinubu stayed away, but also in a lot of ways understandable. Uh, and also somewhat qualified disappointment in uh, Atiku Abubakar for not leaving everything in order to be at this first, this inaugural uh, town hall. So I don't know what your um, thoughts are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've said you've said quite a bit. So um, yeah, I mean, oof. Uh, you know, finally they decided to have a debate. It's not unusual for them to have debates in Nigerian um, in this in this iteration of Nigerian politics. Um, it's not unusual. Um, Boston, you had a debate with Falaye where, if I remember correctly, which I do, Falaye was uh, <laughs> Falaye to, to put it nicely was uh, was our class in Boston. By far. So I think in two thousand and three, mm -hmm. how did that go? That was ninety nine. Two thousand and three wasn't much. Um, more of a coronation. Um, where at the convention, Obasanjo was forced to reconcile with Atiku from mm -hmm. account, had to go on one knee to beg the man, even though he felt aggrieved by the guy, um, mm -hmm. which he showed the rest of. So 
wasn't a big uh was Buhari and I believe um oof, I think Umezuki, I think. Can't remember who ran um but there wasn't much of a debate that year. Um yeah, Dua was on and off. Um if I'm not wrong, there might have been something in that direction, but yeah, I don't I don't think there was a debate you know in the Yara Dua. Um, that era, yeah. it was just rubber stamped. The MVP mm-hmm. game was mm-hmm. Buhari, mm-hmm. and I, can't, I think it was either it was that year was Mizwick or that year was Tunde Bakari. I can't remember we was, um, only if eventually ran with Tunde Bakari. I can't remember something in that direction anyway. Um, point is, um, even down to uh, Buhari the last time Buhari was up, they, they, they debated with Jonathan, right? They had a Buhari did not show up at any debate. It's okay. Buhari didn't yeah. show up. The vice president, vice presidential candidate, yeah, showed up. Yeah, showed up for him. So yeah. he speaks to a disdain of, you know, almost, um, you know, like they don't care. Uh, well, what's that care? It's not like yeah. people. So, but this time around, there's so much um, um, noise. There's so much uh, conversations. There's so much economic uh, downturn. Um, which I think people are forced to engage in the reality of who is making first they want to ignore people like um Obi and even Kwan's Pankoso. Uh but finally they they had something, right? So Atiko comes to America last weekend, last week. Mm-hmm. And um instead of prepping up for a debate, which Obi has been to America twice now. Um uh, last I counted he was also in the UK twice on campaigns, minus mm-hmm. all those his meetings in the UK, right? So Atiko comes to America, and, um, and from all accounts, it seems like he's still coming on this um, um, because he's kind of in the shadows. I know some of his fans will want to argue left, right, center, but I mean, the facts are the facts. He's kind of in the shadows. I heard somebody talking about, well, if he's in the shadows, um, his wife at the time, or I don't know if they are still married. Uh, uh, Jennifer. Jennifer is the one mm-hmm. that they were looking for, and they didn't arrest her, which was just mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. the most the most um, ridiculous but anyway he comes into america typically under like a sort of quasi diplomatic umbrella facilitated by who is now a renowned politician in his own right by the way um and he has all these um, town halls that he wants he's, he tries to uh, accomplish which um i came across social media posts of People seeing the flyers, um, came across people um, talking about it and talking about it just tell me that they are not going and they, they don't know anybody who is going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the defenses I hear is like, well, um, uh, people abroad are typically from the South, which is true. So it's not a lie. Um, and so it's mostly evil people. And, and because of that, you know, Buhari, um, uh, this guy is an evil candidate. Like, you know, they're stretching. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think uh, Igbos are very uh, multi-layered to start with. But anyway, so he comes in, wastes his time and all that, and um, doesn't, to the best of everything I've known, he, did, he didn't have any open uh, town halls or meetings or stuff like Peter Obi did, which to me is just a typical Nigerian thing. People say they want to have a, a rally for Peter Obi. The next thing, they go and do their own rally. Fine. Mm-hmm. But then you now pay a whole bunch of people to do your own rally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing that they were looking at doing something in that direction here, um, trying to have that same kind of uh, um, fake, well, yeah, it's fake, mm-hmm. you know, fake, ginned uh, uh, up image mm-hmm. of people showing support and then showing it here. And this is in the case of just Atiku because so far, so good. Tinubu hasn't even uh, tried to do much. I think I, last time I think he might have come here was his kid's graduation. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he has his, his kids have two multi million dollar houses in mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess they were trying to do back to Atiku, they were trying to implement that kind of thing that Atiku had implemented in Nigeria and Tinubu had implemented in Nigeria that is create a facade mm-hmm. of support. And people would be like, Yeah, they're they are not telling they're not people that support them. Don't get me wrong. It's just they're not sitting down to try and do a serious rally, you know. And even if they were most of it is would have still been funded by them, but in this case, they are they are organizing their own rally, paying people to come to their rallies and stuff like that. My guess is they tried to do something like that in America. They probably didn't succeed, 
I'm guessing, um, because the price to bring somebody out of their house to be houses to come and stuff for you is probably will probably be more than they wanted to part with. I'm not saying you can't find the money, but if you're telling somebody to come and stand and you pay each person, let's give or take, you come to like a DC mm-hmm. and you're paying each person about fifteen hundred dollars to come and uh actual Nigerians, you can't probably um it's probably not the amount you want to part with. So mm-hmm. a guy like Tinubu, for instance, if you see what he did in New York during his rally, if you've seen the videos, mm-hmm. they had a whole bunch of street they went to the streets, gave people a hundred dollars each which is somewhere around what they can afford. And they told them to go and carry the signposts for the Tinubu campaign. Nigerians for Tinubu. And some some YouTubers or this thing <laughs> ran up and give them a quick interview. Like, hey, where are you from? We were in Nigeria. Like, I got some money, man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get me some money. <laughs> so, 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 so. You can find, if you're willing to pay for it, you can find anybody to carry a placard and protest against themselves. Even. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. you know. You're not going to find Nigerians that would come out en masse in yeah. these countries for a hundred bucks. You're going to have to pay something, somebody, yes. which they probably don't want to pass with. So, <laughs> anyway, so we get to the debate, and just like you said, uh, this thing plays itself out. Mm. I know in the public discourse, people will talk about Kwanko soon. Mm. And it's not because he doesn't have support. Um, so Kwan Kwaso, for those who don't know, is the former governor of Kano State, which is one of the prominent states mm-hmm. in the northern part of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I don't mean northern as a, a noun, by the way. I don't like grouping all the northern groups into one. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't mean it as a noun. But Kwan Kwaso is, is um, a two-time governor. And not even back-to-back. He gets, mm-hmm. he gets, I think, removed or he loses. And then a combination of both, and he still comes back and wins again. Juan Kwasu has real support in Kano and a little bit around that area. Actual real supporters, not fake supporters, people that actually believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, not on the level of some uh, of the old politicians, especially like Abubakar Rimi, who was from Kano as well. Um, not on that level. But he does have authentic support. Um, would he win nationally? No. Uh, and that's why people don't talk about it because he doesn't have any amount of cross appeal. Um, tries to give him, I give him credit, man. He's mm-hmm. engaging in the process seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, from some accounts, yeah. he, they, they even actually like offered him the VP slot under uh, OB and he said he has a bigger um, um, political structure than OB, which give or take, it's not, it's not crazy to say that to some degree. Yeah, it's not, you can't, you talk about a political structure, you mm-hmm. know, quote and unquote, the political structure. You could actually make that case that Kwan Kwasa does have a bigger political structure than Obi. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have the, any the kind of momentum Obi has. So from that kind of this thing, it like made sense. It's kind of like when uh, Obama called Joe Biden to be vice president. If Biden mm-hmm. had said no. Have a bigger, I have a bigger... <laughs> which would be true. Yeah, it would be true. But, <laughs> but, but Joe Biden, you're using that structure to go to go nowhere fast. That's true. He wouldn't have excited the youths the way Obama did. And yeah. he wouldn't even be president right now if mm-hmm. he had, no. had mm-hmm. gone. So Kwakwaso yeah. is a serious candidate, but is a serious candidate to who he ends up and he can neutralize any effect APC would have in the northern in, in their northern strongholds. I'll say any he can neutralize a large amount of those effects the APC would have in mm-hmm. some of those northern strongholds. Kano Katsina come to mind, right? And maybe parts of Niger states, right? Come to mind. So he is somebody that the OB camp had tried to court is this thing, but he's engaged the campaign as a serious this thing. This this town hall was done by on, online polls and they put all the um, uh, registered candidates. I think probably about 20 something of them. I and think, it's, it's, yeah, about, about the top six, mm-hmm. but the ones they called. And these were the top, well, top five, I think, right? Top five, Tinubu didn't come, right? Mm-hmm. These were the ones that made it into that list. Right? Actually, I think it was going to be the top four. I think they put in uh, Kola, Abiola, 
since the uh, Tinubu campaign did not show up. So I think that, so I, I'm not yeah. quite sure about that, but. Anyway, the point is they try to be somewhat fair as best as they can. People might say, well, everybody's not online, but you know, that's the structure they have. The only thing they'll have done is maybe start calling people by phone, right? So they came up, they, they put these guys there. Um, Tinubu didn't even bother. Um, like I said, <laughs> if I can get to it, but you know, um, Atiku was somewhere in America hanging around Bukola Saraki to claim unity in case they want to grab him. He <laughs> 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 to see him uh, uh, go into Bukola Saraki as if they have uh, some kind of very, very weird relationship. <laughs> so, so um, you know, it, it, you'd see, uh, um, uh, what do you call him, um, Atiku mm-hmm. out here. Obi has been back and forth, uh, come here, gone back, come here again. Um, he was there, he engaged. Um, I saw a lot of comments on his, his, uh, still people were like, we had a bad performance. I looked at the, well, he yelled at this thing, this, that. And, um, to me, it even makes him look better, like a passionate guy, really. That um, his, uh, yelling at, uh, Dino Melaya. Yeah. Cause Dino is a known, um, and he got Dino to shut up, which even showed like, wow, this guy means he's really to, he looked, he looked serious. He looked, um, pissed off, you know, like, wow, you know, ah, this is not, uh, this is a guy that, uh, you know, if he sets his mind to something, he might be able to achieve one or two things, mm. but you know, Nigerian example, like we said, um, mm. but yeah, he, he, he looked distant. Um, Okowa came, you know, gave a good account of himself by the end of the day at the VP candidates. And, mm. um, I think the main fact that, well, at least they, they somewhat took it to some degree seriously by sending Okowa, but at the end of the day, um, you'd expect that he could to be there, uh, for the Tinubu camp. Like I said, I just, I just, I don't know, like I said, unless. And I keep saying, I keep asking that question. Unless they know what their outcome is going to be mm. based on the work they've done inside the government in the last eight years in terms of what he did in Lagos to put in his people or people loyal to him in strategic positions to ensure an outcome. But if he's running a serious campaign, even for a Nigeria, he doesn't stand any chance of winning. There's no... Mm. Um, there's no convincing me that people are going to come out and vote for him. There's no convincing me that even if states are allowed to rig, yes, let's even say it that way. If states are going, which is typically the case, I don't see a lot of those governors or political office holders going out of their way to rig for a tenable, mm. especially given his antecedents. Mm. You know, he's somebody that, likes to perch on the top, doesn't like any kind of competition or sharing at the top. Mm. So you saw it with him, he took out Bukola, um, uh, Koro, Koro, one of, right? Femi Pedro, if I pronounced her name wrong. Femi Pedro, so all deputy, former deputy governors, he was rumored to have a hand in the Fushaw Williams assassination. Um, the list is endless of, of people who he has cut down in one way, shape or form. Um, and it's, Forget about the ones from outside, well, inside his own his own people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very it's, good. At it's an, it's important to stress that these are speculations out there that there is really no proof. You know, um, uh, yeah. Um, just just in fairness, in fairness. But, but the Femi Pedro I, one, the Femi mm-hmm. Pedro one, that was factual. Most of the ones of the internal distance that he takes outside, there's a lot of ramblings about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that there is no proof outright. Is the Fusha Williams one, mm-hmm. but you know a lot of sign a lot. Of, there's a lot of questions, mm-hmm. unanswered questions from his end. Mm-hmm. Charlie being in charge then. Well, clearly, I mean Tinubu is um, is actually the candidate who should first of all who has a lot of deficit, the deficit of incumbency, the fact that. He belongs to the same political party as Buhari, who has been a disaster as president. So that on paper, Tinubu should be a terrible, should have terrible prospects. Unless Nigerians are deemed not to be rational people, 
people would then want a continuation. That's the only way Nigerians will want a continuation of anything to do with Buhari. And we haven't heard Tinubu uh, renounce uh, Buhari. If anything, he has suggested that he's going to continue the Buharian legacy. So I don't think Nigerians are that irrational. And if, uh, if, if my hunch is correct that Nigerians aren't an irrational people, I don't expect Nigerians to say we want more of this uh, nightmare of the last eight years, you see. And so Tinubu is a candidate who has to work the hardest to somewhat erase this um, baggage of incumbency that uh, Buhari saddles him with, okay? So that's one uh, issue to look at. The other thing is that Tinubu has been a very shadowy figure in Nigerian politics. Um, from the very first time when he ran as governor of Lagos State, there were questions about his academic credentials, right? Where he had put in on his um, um, filing forms that he went to the University of Chicago, which is like a major global, University of Global re re Repute, right? Uh, it turns out that he went to a quasi community college in Chicago, okay? Um, a, a university that that is forgettable, that nobody uh, shows up on no radar at all. It's not even a fourth rate. <laughs> and then, and then the question is that Tinubu has had criminal uh, um, jeopardy in America related to uh, drugs, and he's had to pay. Um, uh, has been fined by the American government, apparently as a way to evade um, uh, spending time in jail. And then there are other issues that nobody knows Tinubu's real name. Nobody is. Nobody can put their hand on a on a holy book and say that his name from birth was Bola Tinubu. Okay. Nobody can say that they are sure when T Bola Tinubu was born. This candidate was born because you know nobody um, has come out and said, "Oh, this guy was my classmate in elementary school or in secondary school, and yes, I knew him, and this was his name, <clears throat> and so on and so forth." So this man, for all intents and purposes, is a masquerade. You know, he's um, he's hidden behind so many different masks in terms of his educational profile, in terms of his, um, even his state of origin uh, is in question. Um, uh, did you see, um, by the way, did you see Tunde Bakari? You know, Tunde Bakari is one of the, um, for those who don't know, one of the mega pastors in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Did you see his um, sermon on defense of uh, Tinubu? I think it was this weekend or last week. I can't remember what it was. No, it was recently. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like, who cares if nobody knows where you're from? All we care is somebody that has a track record. <laughs> you know, I tell you, I mean, I tell you something. This is um, this is not an un, this is not an uncommon practice in Nigeria. Okay, mm -hmm. I remember when Andy Oba was running to be the governor of Anambra State um, in two two thousand and seven. And I was critical of him on so many accounts, part of which was that Andioba was parading himself as Dr. Andioba. And it was clear that Andioba didn't even have a first degree, a bachelor's degree, that Andioba indeed had not passed his uh, secondary school living certificate in a, any satisfactory manner. And I was bringing this out in a series of columns. And the response by some people was, so who cares? <laughs> and, and, and that's part of why Nigeria is in the mess it is. Because if somebody misrepresents himself regarding his or her name, if we don't know somebody's true name, if I am not okay, Ndibe, 
if I did not go to school in the educational educational institutions that I claim to have gone to school in, if I don't have the degrees that I claim to hold, then how is anybody going to trust anything that I say or anything that I'm going to do? So when somebody is a phantom, as it were, okay, somebody is a masquerade, how do you even hold the person to account? Okay. Um, so, yeah, Tunde Bakari is somebody that I respect um, on so many accounts, but often those you respect would profoundly disappoint you. And so this is one situation where you don't have a track record if people don't know your name, if you misrepresent where you went to school. So, of course, you can change your name midway through. You know, when I was in secondary school, People who knew me, knew me as Anthony. That was my first name. Okay, was my name. But in fact, my parents called me okay at home. My bat- baptismal name was Anthony. In those days, the fashion was to answer your baptismal name. So I went to secondary school. If I was asked my name, I said, Anthony. At home, my parents would call me okay, right? It was only after I left secondary school that I then decided that okay should be my first name. Do you understand? And so even till today, when I get a call and somebody says, this Tony, I know it's somebody who knew me from secondary school, I, right? Actually, actually, they didn't just call you Tony, but... Yeah. And Tony Curtis, and so on, and so on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so my friends who called me and, you know, when I was in secondary school, I discovered this American actor, Tony Curtis, and I liked the name, so I became Tony Curtis. So, <laughs> so again, today, my friends call me occasionally, ah, Curtis, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. So, but what I'm saying is that it is possible for somebody to change a name, Right. In fact, it's possible for you to give up. There are cases in my in my hometown, for example, there is a, a medical doctor whose last name is Walose. Now, Walose literally means the child of a deity. So he became a born-again Christian and changed his last name from Walose to Choka, became his last name, right? So, so but then he has a story. He's not saying, so if you say to him, are you not so-so person Walose, right? He'll say, yeah, I was, but I decided to change my name to this. So there's a story. So it's possible that Tinubu has a story, how he became Bola Tinubu. If it is a good story, he should be proud to come out and tell it and dispel all the speculations, right? So if he says, hey, you know, I was born as... Shegu something. But then at some point, I really saw somebody who was Bola and whose last name was Tinubu, and I just loved the sound of the name, and I decided I changed my name. It's a right that you have as a human, right? But if you are hiding your past, we should not give you credit for it. Because in the end, when when Tinder Bakari says that you have to focus on somebody's track record. Part of the track record is the fact that you are hiding something about your past. That's a track record. And if we, if you can level with us on what that past is, then we have a reason to be highly suspicious. And so ultimately, on the one hand, Tinubu is a person who needs to come out of this public uh, spaces where the other candidates uh, show up to actually, if he believes, as um, his VP candidate um, Shetima said on one occasion, that he and Tinubu were the dream team, right? If you believe you are the dream team, you should look for every opportunity to be with the other teams and to show yourself to be a cut above. Mm-hmm. If you are hiding in the shadows, if you are running away from the stage, where you are invited to speak with other political candidates, odds are that 
it's a sign of an, a profound lack of confidence in your own abilities and in your, the message that you have to offer. Mm. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, if you had that, um, you know, I've heard different stories at this point in time. It's so convoluted. Um, no, he, you know, his cousin died and it was even a lady or a girl at that, at this point in time. And she had a visa to go to America and then goes to America and, and, you know, but even if we took that for what that was, then, you know, why did you come and parade yourself as, um, about Chicago, University of Chicago, you know, University of Chicago is, um, um, top universities in the world. Period. So you started accounting there. That means you went to the business school. You're talking Precisely, about, which is, is you know? in, in economics and business, Chicago is like, you <laughs> know, tops really, in the world. A really, a really big school, man. Um, and it has this common. I mean, Chicago, two schools mm -hmm. there is uh, University of Chicago. Um, um, what Chicago they call State it? State University is where he went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know people will say, I get it, man, in Nigeria, especially we've come to that point where we don't care about any of it. I was even visiting a story I'd even forgotten about. So um, back in, I think, 20 years ago, um, we used to have this, and this is just one of many stories. I'm not just singling this lady out, by the way. It's just, I could, it's littered with places, right? We had this lady that was head of Nigerian Stock Exchange, um, who was called, um, at that point in time, she was addressed. Well, at least she still is. Yes, she's called Doctor. And that was her preferred uh, title, like a preferred pronoun or something. Yeah. She said, oh, she had a PhD from, um, I think she said City College in New York and stuff. Um, Turns out she never even did any real schooling here. Mm. <laughs> she, 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 don't, she, never, she never did any real schooling here. So, you know, it was such a, you know, it got to a point she just like, everybody should get out and leave her alone. You know? mm. I'm sure if it was in this era, she would say they're only attacking her because she's a woman or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, it, was, it was so, I went by, I was just revisiting the story, I think a couple months ago. I was like, I was now searching like, oh, so this thing was really true. Like this lady had zero uh, this lady, uh, she came and said she did a PhD in, um, I think it was Baruch mm. also. She had a PhD from there, all that. Uh, she was in the financial system. She worked in Wall Street. You know, when the evidence to the contrary, she most likely worked as a nurse somewhere or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. If it was, all I yeah. know is that she didn't have what she claimed she had. Yeah. That is a fact. That's mm. not basically mm -hmm. But Nigeria is littered with those kind of, and people make excuses for it. Um, you know, we're talking the other day about, um, Davido's uncle who, um, was here for, was in New York actually for a while. And I think he, Georgia and New York stayed in Georgia, went to actually community college as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, when he ran, he just ran with, you know, you don't, all you need is a school sat. The constitution allows you, if you have a school sat to run for governor, to run for president. Yeah, and, and so, so they, they, when a politician begins to pad, his or her credentials, mm -hmm. then it speaks to their, um, it speaks to a certain fraudulent, um, yes, then, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I, I didn't have a day like, okay, you, you, you claim that was the most, that was when the beginning of the campaign, they sent all these people like, well, the, the, you know, back in those days, they came and gave you your visa home. He got his cousin's visa. She had died two weeks prior. Oh, he went, he became successful. He has made sure that everybody in her family is successful. But the question is, even mm. if you had to come here and assume her identity, maybe because of scholarships and stuff, um, you clearly didn't go to and do any of the things you see. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Even if we took that story at faith, like it never makes sense. The whole point of telling that story is this story is, it, it, it clearly seems like you're either a guy determined to hide something Oh yeah, a guy determined to present as completely what he is not. And mm -hmm. all the reasons and the excuses have never made any sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's just and so, never. And, and so this, um, if he's part of uh, a tag team, dream team, um, <laughs> here was an opportunity at the town hall to present. And, you know, I mean, and also the other, um, the, the, um, 
the other thing that was profoundly irritating about Kayamo's statement, right? Uh, that Tinubu basically is taking his message directly to Nigerians. So there is no, that it, there should be no contradiction, no conflict. You can both show up out of, and it's a matter of respect too. If you respect Nigerians, here is a forum, okay? That a group, Center for Democracy and Development, and our rights celebration, two groups have put together in collaboration. It's a matter of respect that you show up, okay? It's not going to stop you. The fact that you show up at these debates, in fact, what in a place like America, candidates go to debates, and then after the debates, they go on the road for another week or two, amplifying some of the ideas that they spoke about at the debates. So they sort of, because at debates, you have two, three minutes to give an answer or to give a rebuttal. So it doesn't give you the latitude to develop your ideas fully. So typically people watch you. They're excited by some ideas that you've expressed in these debates. Those ideas are uh, not fully fleshed. And so you go out on, uh, on, on the campaign stands and you flesh out the, the, these ideas, you know, um, over time. So, you know, so it's a, it's an absence of respect for Nigerians. It's also a reflection of, uh, a fraudulent, it's actually fraudulent, you know, to claim that, oh, it's because there are competing, um, requests from different TV networks. And, uh, so you're not going to favor one. Okay, why don't you then say, because how many TV networks are there in Nigeria after all that are, that are serious ones? Do you understand? Serious ones. Then, so if you're saying, um, uh, we don't want to favor our rise television, why don't you say then, okay, we're going to do our rise, but in fact, we want to do other TV stations because one of, one the, of the which belongs to him, Niger- by the way. Yeah, precisely. One, 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 yeah. The thing is that Nigerians would, Tune in. I mean, if you saw the audience at this town hall, you saw that people took this thing seriously. People came out in good number. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that, they, um, that the ratings, uh, those who tuned in to watch, uh, was considerable. And by the way, of course, you knew that the, the debate had to started a bit late because Peter B's, you know, the Labour Party's, uh, uh, some of his supporters were upset that the other main uh, um, candidates were not there, and they felt that Peter Obi should just leave the the, the, the forum. You know, um, I'm happy that he stayed. I'm happy that Juan Quazo showed up. I'm happy for that matter that um, Kola Abiola, you know, was there. Um, that's the way it should happen. That they should have a series of debates on a number of issues because Nigerians are, they are auditing before Nigerians. Nigerians need answers. You know, we, we no longer should go for this politics where politicians go to rallies and say, I'm going to move the nation forward. Vote for me and I'll move the nation forward. Whether you are moving the nation forward into the ditch, into a huge gully, into a precipice, you know, so, and sometimes, you know, you get a sense that, but far from moving forward, we actually need to stop because there is a gully in front of us, you know, or we maybe have gone too far in the wrong direction. So we don't need you to move forward. We actually need you to move backward a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, so talking about substantive issues that they um, looked at, you know, one was security. One was security. And it looked like, at least from the point of view of, um, of you know, the ratings that the Premium Times uh, Niger publication gave, you know, the, I think they gave all the candidates seven out of ten uh, points, uh, with Kola Abiola getting six, so the least performing. But surprisingly, you know, of course, he he's not a candidate, but Okowa gave a good account of himself. You know, he spoke about, um, negotiating with legitimate agitators, you know, in terms of people who want to succeed. And he said, these agitations 
arise from a feeling by people that they are excluded from Nigeria or Nigeria is not serving them, which is, of course, um, the root of the agitations in Nigeria. If Nigeria worked, very few Nigerians would want out, okay? Uh, the agitation for Biafra, the agitation for the Duduwa Republic, the agitation even by Arewa groups for secession uh, arise precisely because Nigeria serves only a tiny fraction of Nigerians, usually those who are the very height of political office and bureaucratic hierarchy. Um, so Okawa did give a good account of himself, spoke about the need to negotiate uh, with legitimate agitators, but also to go after criminals in a decisive way. P2B uh, was critical of uh, the Buhari government's handling of the, um, uh, the uh, train uh, abductions of people from a train station in Kaduna. And he said that this was a failure of intelligence, which, is, which was true. And that if uh, the Buhari should have responded more swiftly. And, um, oh, by the way, I think Okowa spoke about the need for state police. Um, again, for a country with the size of Nigeria, with the breadth of Nigeria, with a cultural variety of Nigeria, it doesn't make sense to have just the central uh, police. We should have police at the state level, perhaps even police at the local government levels. Uh, they need to be well-trained. They need to be well-equipped. It's a scandal that crimes like kidnappings and abductions um, are rising in Nigeria today when they all the tools are available to track such crimes, you know. Um, but, the, the, you know, I think that on the whole, the quality of the, of the debate uh, was good. Um, uh, Kola Abiola spoke about using, um, you know, which I thought was the weakest answer, you know, that we already have things is to find a way to use them to solve the problems. I don't think we have that the police force we have today is in any shape uh, to solve crimes. The police in Nigeria are so ill-trained that they'll come to a crime scene and just start touching things without knowing that they are compromising possible, you know, uh, tips and evidence that, that's, that's there. And I think it was Juan Quazo who proposed uh, hiring a million uh, police officers and a million, recruiting a million people in the army as, as, as a response to the insecurity in the country. Well, that's, that's one way. I'm not sure that... Um, I, I think that a better trained police force, decentralization of the police force, um, the better equipping of the police force will be ultimately more effective answers than just recruiting more of the same officers who just see themselves as in uniform and they can um, basically harass innocent civilians, which is what the Nigerian police specializes in doing. Yeah. I just think everybody should have a right to have firearms in Nigeria, man. That's what I think. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I'll go there. I think I, I, oh, I, I'm a firm believer. In everybody acquiring firearms. The right to have, have arms. To bear arms. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Um, in America, it's already too much of a problem. It is. Um, in America. It is. Um, and of course, what happens is that if you have the right to bear arms, ultimately the criminals will continue to get their arms outside the, of the official channels. So, which is what happens in America. Most of those who want to want to use their arms to say hunt or for other sporting activities or for self-defense would apply legitimately um, and get the licenses to bear arms. The criminals don't apply. The criminals go to no, the streets and get not, their guns. It's not about, it's not like my, my dad will always tell me this thing, right? 
It's not about uh, the criminals have big guns or have guns, right? Mm-hmm. It's about if you walk up to me and you mm-hmm. don't know if I have a weapon. That's right. There is a level of restraint you're going to have started by <laughs> yourself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Which that's we don't have. So mm-hmm. I believe in it. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I put that one day on Twitter. One of my cousins all followed me. Like, oh, this guy's crazy, man. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> oh, you, you got to think. But look, you know, maybe she's thinking like a young lady, I guess. Mm-hmm. But look, um, do I think a law a lot of people will just die? I'm sure. A lot of people will get killed, mm-hmm. and then after like you know a couple of months or maybe years of masculinity, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what to say. It is a bad situation in Nigeria. The situation is, in Nigeria, the situation in Nigeria, the security situation in Nigeria is so bad. I'll tell you a story which a friend told me. So in Ihiala, hmm? uh, Ihiala is um, a vast community in Anambra State and has really successful people in different uh, areas, in industry, in commerce, in politics, uh, in academia, and so on. So there's this man from Ihala who, you know, he's a very wealthy man, and he lives in Lagos. His mother died. Um, I think his mother died in February, and he kept his mother's remains in the mortuary, because Ihala is one of these areas where some unknown gunmen, you know, who began their quote-unquote public career as part of the ESN, the Eastern Security Network, which is part of the militant arm of the, of, of the uh, indigenous peoples of Biafra, um, which agitates for the secession of, of, of the southeastern part from Nigeria. And so, so Ihela is one of those areas where they are very, very active and very, you know, sort of they, they've dominated and they've cowed um, everybody. So this man could not bring his mother's remains to his hometown to bury her. So he kept her in a morgue in, in Lagos, hoping, um, waiting month after month, hoping that things would get better. And then this man's wife dies. <laughs> So, you know, so he's not buried his mother, his own wife died. And um, so finally, the man was tired of waiting. You know, it's like having two corpses uh, on your hand. And so what he decided to do was he did their funerals in Lagos and indeed announced that they would be buried in Lagos. But then he hired some people to go to his hometown and secretly dig a grave and he brought his mom, so he took his mother and his wife's remains to Asaba, which is an, you know, a neighboring uh, state to Anambra state. And then one evening, they drove the corpses Jeez. to his hometown and buried them secretly. Okay? Buried them secretly, and the man didn't even show up. Okay? I have another friend from, you know, who is from Arca, who is a well-to-do businessman in Lagos. His immediate younger brother died about a month ago. And he called me and he said he was going. He got a friend of his to lend him an aircraft. The plane landed in Anambra State. This guy took a rickety taxi to his brother's funeral. And he was greeting people. His brother was put uh, in his grave. And he said, oh, yeah, let me come. And he ran back to the airport (laughs) and took off to Lagos. He would not, and this guy has this amazing house in, in Orca, his, his hometown, right? But he was scared to spend the night. So we can't, so if you think about the, the, all the consequences, okay? Forget about the threat to life, okay? But think about, say, that things are worsening, first from COVID, Right? And now the world seems to get into what could be global recession. Okay. So the poor people in a country like Nigeria, where most, more, in excess of 70% of the people are in situations that approach abject poverty. So um, you can't, because these are funerals that some wealth gets circulated. 
because you know those who are well to do at their relatives funerals they hire people who will cook the meal people who will supply the tables people who will supply music people who will be MCs a lot of those churches survive precisely you know, no dig to some people that have assaulted them but those ones yes. are, that is that is their only precisely. lifeline that's precisely. it precisely so when you take all of this away people are going to be there and by the way there are some people who are so poor. I remember at my mother's funeral, right? Some poor people will come with plastic, black plastic bags. You give them rice to eat. They will pour it in that plastic bag. Then they will come and say, can I get um, pounded, uh, pounded diamond or cross soup? They will pour it in the same plastic bag in the dip and wrap it up. Then they will come to you and say, hey, is there okwa? They were poor, you know, because they are so poor, they don't have food to eat. So when they come to these funerals, that's where they can actually have a good meal. You know, uh, maybe that's the one of two good meals they're going to have in the week, you know, which is why funerals have become a big thing uh, over the weekends beginning on Thursday, all over the Southeast, right? Um, cause people constantly die, you know, that's one. Funerals, traditional yeah, weddings. Precisely. Funerals, uh, traditional weddings. That's where people, um, you know, they come out and dance. Young people who have, who are unemployed will come with their organic groups and they will, you know, sort of welcome dignitaries and you, you know, spray them with a bit of cash to manage, you know. So when these people who are spreading this wealth, and now forced to stay back in Lagos, forced to stay in Kaduna or, 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 or Abuja or in Port Harcourt. This is actually the, the economic cost is incal incalculable. Uh, to say nothing of just the absence of joy in the space, you know. So, so this. My, 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 mine is the, uh, just sorry to, but mm -hmm. mine will be the, the loss, the, the, the loss of culture, connection, mm -hmm. that, that, that Absolutely. connection is being um, uh, either broken or eroded. Mm -hmm. that, so people are not taking their children back home, okay? So their children are not witnessing uh, ceremonies, marriage ceremonies, are not being introduced to the whole extended family ecosystem, you know, and the ways in which they reinforce all kinds of relationships uh, within uh within you know spaces in in nigeria so so and the fact that you know they, they again the devastation you know i mean i was speaking with a professor friend of mine just last night and he was telling me of his a relative of his who um you know um separated from his wife in America, had a very, very terrible divorce actually it didn't quite end in divorce yet, but he had moved out. And he developed, you know, hypertension and so on. And he went to Nigeria and was traveling with his cousin. And they were both kidnapped and kept in the forest for, for some time. And after they were released, the guy just died. You know, just the stress of that experience. You know, so Nigeria just, we have so many people dying. So many people dying. People do not sleep there's a friend of mine who told me of going to his hometown from America again, and he was sleeping at night and he heard gunshots and he stayed up shaking the rest of the night, thinking that Amrabas were operating. It turned out that there was a nearby uh, nightclub, local nightclub in his hometown, and it was the police shooting uh, the guns or the, maybe the security of the place shooting the guns to warn off criminals that, oh, we are here. You know, so there's sort of stupidity. You know, so occasionally people will just turn the gun to the air and, well, 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 you know, shoot. You know, to tell people we have guns here. Do you understand? I mean, while this poor guy who didn't understand what was going on, he couldn't, had nobody to tell him, hey, you know, relax, it's this nightclub. You know, just said he sh stood uh, sat in bed just shaking all night. You know, it's, it's, you know, so there is no greater issue than the issues of security, which was, uh, and the economy, which were the two issues that these presidential candidates, uh, took on. It was a poorer debate 
uh, first for all the drama around it, uh, some sense of poor planning, but it was the first one. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, the presidential candidates of all the major parties will come to subsequent ones. I think that people should really, really push back against uh, Tinubu and Atiku uh, for being no-shows and shame yeah. them into showing up. If you respect Nigerians, if you want to be taken seriously as political candidates, you better show up to those yeah. uh, town so, halls. So right now we are in the first week of November, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we just passed the light saving time. Um, the elections in Nigeria are scheduled for February next year. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens next couple of weeks? Do you think maybe they wake up and decide to finally postpone the elections and call it <laughs> an esteemed committee of uh, committee of advancement yeah. to try and figure this out? Um, yes. uh, I'll call it the committee of advancement in this case. I call it, yeah, yeah, I call it the the rescue, um, emergency rescue um, by, by, okay. team. Mm-hmm. I call it, what do you think that happens or what do you think happens in the next? Um... Given everything in Nigeria, I won't be surprised if there is, uh, the elections are postponed uh, for a month. Um, just because they we fill out the little things you know um i won't be surprised surprised if the electoral commission uh has not figured out all the little you know nitty-gritties you know uh what you need to do um i know that there were all kinds of issues about even voter registration that people were talking about being unable to register um being chased away going to registration centers and finding um, that the officials were not there, the machines were malfunctioning, and sometimes simply... By the way, uh, did you see the numbers of my neck? No, I haven't seen the numbers. Social numbers, the numbers of invalid registrations, percentage-wise, numbers-wise. South-South and the Southeast had the highest numbers of invalid registrations. This is the INEC numbers. This is not Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the full INEC numbers, Mm -hmm. percentage-wise, by this thing. Or a lot of, um, um, and obviously the south so is how, and and then it's so so that's the that's the thing because they, um, I think that a lot is going to ride on these elections. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you and I have been very um, clear that we, I you know I I for one I don't believe in an ethnic. Um, uh, this whole idea of it's my town, right? Mm-hmm. But clearly, part of what's driving the um, uh, agitation for secession in the South is this idea that the Igbo and the other groups in the South is, have been systematically excluded from some sectors in Nigeria. So Nigeria has to address it. I'm not saying hand the presidency to uh, somebody from the South is or to an Igbo person. But mm-hmm. I'm saying that there must be a sense of fairness uh, so that if if uh, if a P2B loses the election, it should be clear to everybody that he lost, that Nigerians rejected him. And I'll, I'll be happy with that. I'll live with that. Um, but if there is a sense of any shenanigans that there were corners that were caught, that there was uh, a scheme to undermine um, a candidate, I I think that is going to be disastrous. The consequences will be... um, I was trying to pull it up for the numbers. There we go. Let me me see if I can pull up the... So the consequences will be just really, really disastrous. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 um, there we go. All right. Mm-hmm. See, see, so there are the numbers. All right. Okay. Um, there's the invalid registrations. The Southeast has 35% invalid registrations. 
Yes, this is INEX numbers. This is number. This is the Southeast has thirty five percent. The South South has thirty five percent. Invalid, invalid listing. Invalid numbers. So, so the other areas. The other areas. The only place that came close was the Southwest with nineteen point six. Uh, the best, the, the best was the North Central with fourteen point nine. Uh, North how, East how does that the, happen? Um, how, how do invalid registrations happen? I, so, I actually, I actually think we need to do a whole podcast. We need to study this and do a whole podcast on it. Oh yeah, I think definitely we, okay. we, we, we because, do because um, because this doesn't make sense. If usually, I mean, as you know, in America, uh, mailing ballots have a certain margin of error. You know, so when people send in their mailing ballots, less than one percent of them have problems, right? Zero hmm? point uh, something percent. Yeah. Um, so if you are giving me figures of 30 something percent on, invalid, on registration, on this, registration. Is not, this is not voting that, between yeah, you and not, your yeah, ballot precisely. this is registration where then you can actually that, help you. that's something that needs to be talked about in a serious way and I'm, I wouldn't even want to get into it now I'd yeah. like to study it and uh, I'd like to revisit it because it, it needs it needs proper vetting proper proper analysis yep yeah, that's that's the that's the style. We'll take a look at it next week, mm-hmm. though. Sure. Uh, we'll see how the campaign keeps going. Yeah. Um, and so on and uh, distance. So, um, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I think yeah. I think we've we've made a go at it. It's there's a whole lot more to talk about, but we try to keep this podcast at no more than an hour. And I see that we're slightly, you know, sort of in that region. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a delight uh, to have you with us uh, during this um, conversation, and we look forward to welcome, welcoming you to another yet another episode. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Yeah.